Hello, and welcome to the Online Education Pod, podcast produced by Zuma. I'm Doug, and this week I had Martin Palmquist joining me, who is a project manager here at Zuma. Um, the topic we decided to speak about was how to do business across cultures. Uh, Martin was a perfect guest for that, really, because he's worked in um, South Africa, Northern Africa, the Middle East, Latin America, Asia, Sweden, of course. Um, so all over the place, really. So uh, I had a good discussion with Martin about how we can deal with cultural differences in businesses uh, and the, also the effect that digitalization is having on cooperation and understanding between people from different cultures. Hope you enjoy it. And uh, let's get started. So welcome, Martin. Thank you, Doug. To the online education pod. Is this your first podcast? It is, actually. I, I did some student radio episodes uh, some, mm-hmm. some 20 years ago. So I've been in the, in the format, but not in an actual podcast. So you're an expert already, basically. <laughs> sort of. <laughs> well, you're certainly, uh, you haven't been on the online education pod before, at least. I haven't. No. We're, uh, we're collecting all of the Zoomers over time. We're getting new guests, so that's always nice. Before we get started, uh, since you've never been on before, maybe you could tell a bit about uh, who you are and what you do at Zuma. Yes, I am one of the project managers working with uh, new dot-coms for large business-to-business companies, and I've been with Zuma for almost six months now, and uh, it's a fantastic learning to be on the supplier side coming from, uh, from a history on, on, uh, on the customer side, maybe, in most of my roles, in the his- historically speaking. So my red thread basically is digital marketing. So it's great to be at a digital marketing agency, I assume. Good. And uh, the topic for today, I, I was uh, sat thinking about what we should speak about uh, yesterday. And I thought a good discussion would have to have uh, would be about kind of doing business internationally, you know, dealing with very different business cultures at work, you know. And I thought that would be a good topic to speak to you about because um, you've worked in quite a few faraway places, right? Right, I have. I have been uh, fortunate enough to travel to all continents, actually, throughout my different job roles. And also in my youth, more before getting family and before Corona and before digitalization, which, which makes it so much easier to meet over distance when, when uh, the internet connections, et cetera, were too bad. So a lot of traveling had to take place. That is uh, not as necessary anymore, even though you can never replace the face-to-face meeting. So I've been in several countries throughout Asia, such as China, India, South Korea, Singapore, to mention a few, Oceania, Australia, New Zealand, Northern Africa. I was working in the region Northern Africa, which uh, the main markets is Morocco, Tunisia, Algeria, Egypt, and also Southern Africa with Angola, for instance, and also South Africa, where I actually lived for a couple of years working as an expat. Then I've been to US, some parts of Latin America, such as Brazil, Argentina, Peru, Central America, Mexico, and quite a few countries throughout Europe as well. Not that much in Eastern Europe, but, but many European countries as well, but mostly faraway markets. Yeah, I think that's a, a good topic for... Uh... For me and for Azuma to learn a bit more about, because I also have experience of international cross-cultural work, except between the UK 
and Sweden and some European countries, you know, so there's certainly, you know, there's a difference, you know, there's different cultures, but they're generally more similar than they are different. You know, it's, it's not too much of a culture shock, I don't think, but, you know, if you compare how it is to, to work in, in the jobs you've worked in, in Sweden or Europe in general, and some of these more far flung places like South Africa or, uh, or North Africa, for example, what, what were some of the kind of biggest differences you noticed during those times? The big difference with Sweden also compared to some European markets, but it's even bigger if you go far away, is that in, in Sweden there are lots and lots and lots of meetings. And the, the hierarchy is not that important. It's quite flat organizations. And it's a huge focus on consensus. Everybody needs to agree. Abroad, it's more, okay, we can agree to disagree. And also in Sweden, I've been mostly working in headquarter organizations where there can be quite some politics and hidden agendas. But that, that's also common in some of, uh, of, uh, of the international markets where people can be, seem extremely friendly, but you never know what they're actually up to. At the same time, coming from a head office or a regional office, you are there to help out and to give support, which makes you maybe more welcome than you would be if you, if you would be there on a permanent basis, which, again, I've always also been which uh, I can elaborate a little bit on if we zoom in on South Africa. But uh, that's the main difference with Sweden. So you have to be more sensitive about the hierarchies and take that into consideration. But the biggest learning for me is to listen, understand, like having big ears and, and a smaller mouth to be able to adapt to the situations you're in and to the people and the surroundings, and also to make sure that you are there to help and support. And the more you can agree on that, the more of a synergy effect you can have, a win-win situation where everybody will be, be uh, winning if, if, uh, if you are more transparent to people. So that's mm. something that I always try to encourage. But to, to cope with the differences, uh, as mentioned, most important is to listen understand and accept the cultural differences and try to smoothly navigate the, by being like observant and analyze the people you're working with at the actual moment. Ask for as much transparency as possible, which will cater for a win-win yeah. and yeah. Uh, give the feeling that you are adding value rather than wasting someone's time. Yeah, because I can imagine maybe that's a, a difficult situation if, if you're, you know, the Swedish guy representing the mothership, you know, the, the kind of main company in one of these, uh, you know, national subsidiaries or something, I would imagine it might be. Um, and, you know, perhaps people are concerned that you're like, it's not always a, a good reaction people get, you know, if, if someone arrives from headquarters and perhaps they're worried that you're going to, you know, start saying, do this, do this, you know. Yes, exactly. You, I, I've always tried to avoid the feeling of Big Brother is watching you, that yeah, you're a exactly. police department telling them <laughs> not to, what not to do, but rather support support the markets in, in what to do. And also, I've been fortunate, for, fortunate enough to be on headquarter region and market level. So I can say that I've been in your situation. I know exactly how lonely it can be to try to make everything that's on your plate. So I'm here to help you and not to guide, and to guide you and rather than telling you what not to do and giving you homeworks uh, and so on and so forth. Uh, that's that's I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm here to support and help. Mm. 
exactly. And I, um, you know, we mentioned some of these challenges about working in a in a different culture, but how can you handle some of them, especially when you're in a minority? Even perhaps if if you're representing a company and you're working with them, you know, you're perhaps still the Swedish guy in a company full of South Africans or Egyptians or something, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think. Do some research before your business trip or before you're moving to a new country. At the same time, avoid too much of generalizing because there are always exceptions. Mm. Also, when it comes to cultural differences, avoid being offended by them and, and use common sense because that always applies anywhere. And try to use your social skills. Yeah. If you listen to people and look them in the eyes, they will respect you and, and listen to you and talk to you if they see that you're there to to help and support and to, to help out, basically. And did you ever find, uh, you know, that you had a bit of leeway, you know, if if you, you did something or you found yourself in a situation where you didn't follow the, you know, the culture of the business culture of wherever you were, did people generally kind of make an exception for you? You know, it's like, oh, it's okay. He's he's not from here. He, he doesn't maybe know everything that we do. Or... If you're there for a short bit of time, that's often the case. But when yeah. I moved to South Africa, it, it was much more that I had to adapt, adapt to the way of working there. And the South African culture is quite frank and straightforward, which I do appreciate coming from, from head offices where, where there can be a lot of politics and hidden agendas and also in some other cultures. So coming there with like Swedish humbleness can be seen as a weakness. Mm. But as long as you stand up for yourself, you gain respect, which is definitely needed. And... Also, I started up like the marketing field in South Africa. Beforehand, it was uh, outsourced. So trying to tell the sales guys in South Africa, selling all the trucks, that was the case for me, to, that the brand is important and the marketing is important for, for the margin, etc. That was quite an uphill to start with. But um, over time, I managed to, to get them on board and realize the importance of the brand and of, of the marketing activities that, uh, that both can gain from because go hand in hand with sales and marketing is quite often a successful recipe to, to, uh, to be able to, to get your pro- pre- premium product out there with the, with the margins and uh, the customer satisfaction that goes hand in hand to keep, keep the brand up there. Yeah, we spoke a bit about some of the, the big differences and, you know, obviously when you you land somewhere, there are some very obvious ones. But I think, you know, especially when you spend a, a longer period of time somewhere, there's some less obvious ones that crop up. And I would say I've noticed that as well in Sweden. You know, you come to Sweden from England and it seems fairly similar. Everyone speaks English and everything kind of works fairly similar. It's only after a period of months or years that you really kind of, once you're kind of a part of the culture and you start noticing some of these differences that you maybe didn't notice at first. Did you come across anything like that in yeah, South Africa, for example? Yes, especially from, from outside of work. When you live somewhere, someplace you need to, to also so see and feel and respect the differences there. South Africa is quite different from, different from uh, security aspects. So even though when having lived there, I think it's quite exaggerated. And as I said before, common sense applies as almost anywhere. But I lived in a fenced community. So before, before daring to go out running on the streets, I, I joined a running club 
to be rather safe than sorry when running outdoors, but uh, which ended up being a fantastic experience because it created great friendships and it was a great atmosphere and seeing the nature and, and running in places where I was advised not to be on my own. But we were big, big chunks of people running, and uh, I, I never, I, I never felt scared in South Africa. But I used common sense and avoided being alone outdoors in the darkness, etc. So again, common sense, common sense takes you quite uh, a bit. And South Africans are extremely friendly and extremely helpful. And and but but also it's an extremely saturated country which is something that, that you have to, to respect and understand. And I think that poor people that you see on the streets, etc., what you need to do basically is to see them and not neglect them. That will uh, make them less friendly, so to speak. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I just thought now that, um, you know, with everything, you know, like we're recording this podcast, you're at home and I'm at home. You know, with Zuma, we've been working from home for almost two years and only just recently started going back to the office and with the pandemic you know obviously it's possible now to travel again to some degree but I think it's probably fair to say that more and more at least international business relations are gonna be you know over zoom and a distance you know since you know you don't need to send some guy on a plane halfway across the world for a meeting and stuff like that and do you think the effects of all that maybe would have an impact on a business because then you know you don't have someone who's living in that country and, and hasn't had time to kind of get a grip of the business culture in that country. And I, I can just imagine that maybe that could lead to more uh, misunderstandings and, and conflicts. Maybe. Yeah, I think so too. There are downsides to it, of course. At the same time, the digital meeting is somehow also fantastic to, to have the possibility to be more sustainable and to have more meetings face-to-face. Because this, especially when you are like one-on-one, -on -one, like we are now, you, you look the other person in the eyes in a way that you might not do at the coffee machine at the office and so on and so forth. Mm. Especially in, in, when, in bigger crowds, it's, e it's sometimes easier to listen to the person talking. But when it comes to the cultural or multicultural sides, yes, there are elements that you are missing, I believe, when you are, are not meeting face-to-face -face in person in real life. So I think that even though the digital meeting can replace most of traveling and most of face-to-face, -face, it, uh, there is still a combination needed. So I think that when, when Corona now is more under control, traveling will increase a bit at least. And I think that makes sense to, to actually get the potential to meet. But uh, with digital events, et cetera, and so on and so forth, that's fantastic. So there are many opportunities given by the digitalization and and, and not meeting face to face, but uh, combine them for for the best success. I think mm. you've you've mentioned a bit already, but just to summarize, if you were to meet someone working at a Swedish or a European company, possibly who's about to you know head off for some two year posting in China or South Africa or Latin America, you know, obviously these are very very different countries and cultures, but. What kind of general tips would you give to that person, do you think? Be as open-minded as you can. Do as much research as you can prior to, but don't generalize too much. And when, when especially early on, have big ears and small mouth. Listen, observe, and try to smoothly and gently navigate 
and find your spot. But also make sure to stand up for yourself because Swedes are quite often seen as, seen as maybe too humble, too down to earth, and too consensus oriented. I am extremely Swedish in that sense, being consensus oriented, but also given all the multicultural opportunities, I've understood the need to sometimes also agree to disagree and to uh, pick the, the fights you have to. And you need to either agree to disagree or agree to agree, but not just to have another meeting because that's just too mm -hmm. Swedish. <laughs> and, not sort, and not sort things out, rather sort things out and move on. And also try to agree as much as possible what are the targets here, the KPIs, OKRs, or whatever you wish to call them. But as long as you have uh, have targets that you agree on, the culture culture shouldn't be an obstacle, but rather embrace it. Yeah, Fun to work with uh, different cultures and dynamic teams do much better than, than uh, two homogene teams, mm -hmm. I think. Very good. And finally, some uh, travel tips. What should uh, people do if they find themselves in South Africa on, on, on business or pleasure? Pleasure specifically, go to the coast, southwest coast. Cape Town is probably the most, the, the best area I've ever, I've ever experienced. There are, everything is there and, and people are extremely friendly, as I said, and that goes for, applies to all of South Africa. But in Cape Town, you have... Uh, so much nature you have all the vineyards you can see whales baboons white sharks it's a fantastic place and it's also fantastic value for money the south african currency is quite bad or weak weak is the word i'm looking for actually and uh, which makes it especially like wining and dining and living is, is extremely cheap at least for a swede so if you compare to to many other countries where you know the flight ticket might be the cheap one and and living and doing stuff is what's expensive it's the other way around in South Africa mm. and also don't be don't be afraid to bring family there because it's also extremely family oriented in every restaurant there is a kids playing area and so on so uh, I've been there with my family and uh, we we are even looking for nurturing a dream to maybe have a, a place there someday and also there's something called the garden route which goes from cape town to port elizabeth so it's basically all over the southern coastline and then you follow that even more up on the east side to durban so the coastline is fantastic but then there are also quite some interesting uh, political history and so on and so forth around johannesburg and pretoria which is the capital nearby johannesburg but um, and and of course the Kruger Park, Kruger Park to watch the animals in real life, so to speak. And there is something called Brai, B R A A I. It's Dutch for barbecue, the the meat and uh, sausages and so on, and and also fish. The, the the everything from the kitchen is fantastic and also extremely price worthy, as mentioned. So good. Well, we branched out into a bit of a travel podcast there, but there's uh, nothing wrong with that. Yeah, thank you very much, Martin, for joining us. Thank you, Doug. I hope you enjoyed your podcast experience, and hopefully you'll be back soon. Yeah, I hope so, too. Perfect. Great. Well, we'll speak to each other soon. We do. Thank you. Thanks again. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, thanks for listening to the Online Vacation Pod. 
Hopefully you enjoyed it, and if you did, don't forget to subscribe, either on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or on SoundCloud. You can also use the RSS feed to listen through the podcast app of your choice. You can find it on zuma.se. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time.